If I slip into the ocean, swallow me up in one motion, though. She's my queen, I show devotion. What's up, everyone? Chris Record here, and I'm excited to do an interview with Mark Hoverson. And if you're not familiar with who Mark Hoverson is, um, he's done well over $10 million online, an eight-figure producer. His videos have been consumed over a million hours. I mean, just imagine that. Over a million hours of people watching your videos. And we actually have something in common, which is really cool. We both got our start in the public library yeah. because we couldn't even afford internet access. Yeah. So what I want to do real quick is before we go inside and do an interview, mm -hmm. tell everybody a little bit about kind of who you are, a little bit of your story right. to set up today's interview. Then I just want to dive in and pick your brain. Yeah, so the short version is I grew up in North Dakota and I grew up in a mobile home and always in my mind wanted a bigger life. You know, I was on the prairie, so I always wanted something bigger, California, Florida, Miami. And eventually, I was about 21, 22, I discovered Jim Rohn mm -hmm. online. One quote, um, self-education, or formal education will make you a living, self-education will make you a fortune. Hmm. And then I saw his profits are better than wages. And so I went, I doubled down on self-education and doubled down that profits are better than wages. Those were the two foundations. Wow. And then it was just a long, hard, <laughs> grim trail. Not an overnight success? <laughs> no, no, not even close, actually. So, but eventually, uh, when I went on video, I went on YouTube. I, I was so hungry to succeed, I didn't eat for six days. Wow. I went on a fast. Not, it wasn't really religious. It was like, I had heard that the ancient Greeks fasted for insight and things. And so I just quit eating, only drank water, and on day five... I had an idea to go on video. Huh. It just came, it flashed into my mind. I know that sounds crazy, a little weirdo. But it just was like, go on video. And so I went on video, and literally the next week, everything changed. Jeez. Yeah. I've never yet heard a story like that. No. Six days of fasting to come <laughs> yeah. up with the idea. Yeah. So you took that idea, you changed, and let's fast forward. I also barely could afford food, so it was kind of oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a, kind of an real, economic. The is. There was an economic <laughs> reason too, but I was like, since I can barely afford food anyway, I'm just gonna go straight water and see what happens. So then fast forward, and now you've done um, just big, massive product launches online. Yeah. You've started your own companies. Yeah. Um, you've got what I. One of the things I love most is that uh, just the other week over here at my mm -hmm. house, um, <clears throat> you brought. A bunch of young entrepreneurs, right. ranging ages like 18 to 24 years old, and you brought them over to the house, and, and you and I, we, we mentored them, and this is part of a group of guys wow. that you've actually been mentoring, right. and I just love that stuff. So you're not only becoming successful, but you're actually taking time to mentor right. the next generation and pass on a legacy, yeah. and that's one of the things I'm most excited about. Well, you did an amazing job, by the way. Like, the guys, the guys were in love with that day. Beautiful house, tons of wisdom from you. And really a lot of that was, you know, that idea behind that group is all the mistakes we make, they're fodder for other people mm -hmm. to save them time, you know, save them some of our heartache. And so that's what that whole group's about is like, I've made so many mistakes. I'm going to let you know what all of them were so you can maybe like not make them. Yeah. And so that's kind of the idea behind that. Well, let's do this. Let's just go ahead and jump in the house. Let's sit down and let's do an interview where I can ask you about what these mistakes are, what's some advice you have for entrepreneurs that might be watching right now, mm -hmm. and what we could do to be able to not only tell them your story, but be able to inspire them to know that anything's possible. Because if a guy like you can start in the public library, right. broke, and be able to go to generating uh, eight figures online, millions of hours of videos watched, 
then it's possible for anybody. So let's go and inspire them. I love it. Beautiful North Scottsdale, North Phoenix that you nice. can see here. Nice. The, the views here are cool. The views are even better um, up from my balcony right there. Nice. So when I wake up in the morning, get these epic views. And then one time I even, it's crazy, I even climbed all the way up on the roof and there's like 360 degree views of all this. It's just beautiful up there. Well, yeah, you get the north side up there. Yeah, too. in fact, you know, it's just a crazy idea. We could, if you wanted to, uh, you don't have to. We could actually do the interview from the top of the roof. It's not too cloudy. It's not too crazy. And we get up there by just... Helicopters or how do we? What's the <laughs> it's, path? It's not easy. You would have to scale the walls to get up there. Um, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I mean you got the camera guys here, but this wall. Those over look here, like steps to me. We could maybe go up that. Those are go inviting all steps. The way up to the top that way. I don't. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but we could probably do that. Have you ever done it before? I've never done that. Never once. Well, then I'm in. I'm double in. <laughs> all right, let's do the interview on the roof. We're going to do the interview on the roof, I guess, guys. All right, so we have made it on the roof. We've made it on the roof. We made it. And we're going to go ahead and do the interview up here. It's pretty classic, uh, but we're going to have some fun with it. So I just want to pick up where we left off, which was you talking about your story. I want to hear a little bit more about it, and then let's transition into a lot of people talk about success that they've had, and you've had plenty of success. But I want to do things a little bit differently. Let's talk about some of your failures, because I think people can sometimes learn more from failures than from success. And then we'll wrap it up with some tips for the audience on kind of what they can do with entrepreneurship. So I know a little bit of your story was uh, literally living in a mobile home, like on a farm. Mm -hmm. You have such humble roots. So why don't we pick up that part of the story? Where were you? What was life, life like? And at what point did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I remember when I was five, we were in the mobile home and it was a single wide. And my parents were just, they were young and they were broke and that everyone was though. So it's not like that was an extraordinary circumstance. I didn't know anyone with money. Nobody I knew knew anybody. So it wasn't like torturous or anything, but mice would be, we'd check our mice. We would have a cat or two in the house and those were working cats to catch mice. I mean, we were in an old mobile home. That's true story. But I remember I was five and I asked my mom why we weren't rich. I don't know where I came up with that idea, but I was like, mom, why aren't we rich? It just seemed like something on the menu that we never like selected. Hmm. And she said, Mark, we're rich in love. And she laughed and I laughed and my uncle was there and we all laughed, but that was true. We were rich in what mattered the most above everything, which was love. And the other real thing, I think, from my childhood, I started in that mobile home, and then we moved to like a 100-year-old farmhouse on the same plot of land. And then by the time I was a freshman, we were in the nicest house in the county. Hmm. And I remember I'd wake up in the middle of the night in the mobile home, and it'd be cold, like North Dakota, freezing, cold. And my mom would be studying. She was studying. She did eight years of school. And so I always saw our poverty... And unconsciously, I never like thought of this as a kid, but it was a transitional temporary situation. Hmm. And so when I started my family in a trailer park, no money, and the propane went out one night, I wake up, see the breath, babies are crying, my wife's pregnant, and they call the propane guy in, and I tell the guy, I say, I can, 
I can write you a check. I'm, I mean, I'm almost in tears because it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm a grown man in America. I got a pregnant wife, one kid crying in a crib, and the house is freezing. It's winter. And I said, you know what? I can write you a check. It's not going to work. I can give you a credit card. It's not going to get approved. I said, I don't have any. I don't know what to tell you. And the propane guy, I remember, it's an emergency call late at night. And he just looked. I remember the look. Very, it was just pity. And he said, we'll, we'll figure it out. Just he filled it up and went away. That was my fabric of childhood. And then I start my own life. And it's back in the mobile home. Mm. But I always knew if I just kept working, that was not permanent. And so it was fun. It's just this identical cycle, you know. So what happened? So how did you go from that poverty mindset that I know you were rich and you had a good abundant mindset mm. in terms of family, but still you were experiencing yeah. a poverty lifestyle. At what point did that belief in yourself start to transition that you knew you could do more and then you actually turned that into action and did more you know i think the real story like the one that's just real yeah is i had ethical problems with money i really thought wealthy people like at a moral level were there was a corrosive reality to them being wealthy because i remember i had a friend and he had a corvette his tires were about 2500 his rims were 2500 each my monthly salary was, wasn't much more. And I just remember I had such internal rage that at him as a, just a person, which is hilarious because he employed probably a hundred people. He was one of the most generous men. In fact, the day I felt that, I, my car broke down and he said, hey, you can drive my Corvette like I got other cars. You can drive it as long as you need. Wow. One of the most generous men I've ever met just an amazing man but in like deep deep I just had a anti-wealth thing and so I went to Solomon in Proverbs and I was just I kept studying it and I found the ethics for abundance that's where I found it and and then I saw that wealth you could take things that were of lower value and put your heart in it and make it of more value and then I saw Solomon and people bringing him wealth from all over the world to sit at his feet for wisdom and then I said that's what information marketing was he was an information marketer and they would lay gold and silver and prizes at his feet and listen to his wisdom and I said there's an ethical place for wealth and I started making money well that's powerful so coming to a point where you had kind of a negative connotation a negative association with wealth with evil. money not evil, just negative evil association <laughs> yeah. like and a lot i think a lot of people can relate to that oh, because yeah. a lot of people grow up in an environment where that in order to make that kind of money you must be greedy you must yeah. be taking advantage of people you must be shady you must be whatever it is um and that you found through the book of solomon yeah. that you actually found um reading through solomon you started finding uh, an ethical abundance and actually this is the first time in my life that i've ever heard Solomon referred to as the like the original information marketer. <laughs> yeah. He was an he was trading information. People yeah. were bringing him uh, bringing him wealth. Mm. He was exchanging knowledge. Mm. He was actually an information marketer. Mm. So cool. So you've got this um, you've got this kind of idea that you know what? There's an ethical way to do this. I feel mm. comfortable with it now. So did wealth just come overnight? Just because you, you felt that way? No, but it but almost almost so much of what's holding us back is right in our heart in our belly and just where we're at like if you think for a second that 
if let's say you're selling a $5,000 information course and you think, oh, that's just information, like, eh, I, that's not a good bargain. You have the vibes to never sell that. Hmm. You have every self-sabotage because your moral, your moral thermometer and governor is going to create circumstances. Even though you know you need the money, and you've seen flashes of what abundant you would look like, the kindness, the goodness, the message. You, you, we all have flashes of what us prosperous could be. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd eat better, we'd work out more, we'd be more generous. Our, we know it. But if you, if deep down, I just had resistance. So for me. It came a lot faster. It came in about a year. Wow. And it was, I mean, it was like $40,000 in credit card debt. I took out all the credit I could have, started my business. But very shortly, money, you know, like a few thousand came in after just a few months. And then it was a few more thousand. And then around my second year. But time is elastic, so don't, time is an elastic thing. I, I took out two $20,000 credit cards. In those days, they gave credit easier. I grant, But I took every piece of credit I could get. And I said, this is it, honey. We were paying insurance on that. We were cash advancing for our mortgage. I burned every dollar to 40000 before that thing tilted. <laughs> I And most people will bleed 40000 over six years and say, I've been here forever, and it's just, you know, this thing's not working. I just collapsed that time of what a lot of people spend over five or six years slowly learning. I just, I literally, I said, I'm, done. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not suggesting this. I think it's very foolish. <laughs> but the truth is I quit everything. And I'd work uh, probably 12 to 16 hours a day. And with my wife and kids, I said, I have one walk in the middle of the day. We'll walk around the block as a family and bring bring food to me. I'm not coming out of this cave till I figure this out. Wow. And it was a year. It was a gross year. I don't wish that year on myself again. It was fearful. It was trepidation. I mean, I went on a I went on a 6-day hunger strike personally protesting my poverty. <laughs> and on day 5 or, or it was a 7-day day 5 or 6. That's when I got the go on YouTube, go on video, and I put my kids on my lap. And my wife on on behind me, and then I heard about direct response marketing that you could put an ad on Google. The day I put an ad on Google, it just said, "Hey, welcome. This is Mark Overson, and welcome to whatever I was welcoming to." Yeah. And then I had a little opt-in button, and someone put in their name and phone number, and I called them back, and I was a celebrity instantly. Wow. To that person, they're like, "Wow, you called me back," and I'm like, "I've been calling people like ten hours a day, buying leads." I never got that response. That's when I learned attraction marketing. There was no books on it. There was no courses. There was no teaching. There was no SEO. There was, I mean, maybe there was, but I don't think anyone, nobody knew what they were doing yet. Google didn't even know what they were doing. They were just putting up algorithms. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it was, it was a fascinating story to talk about. But during my, my heart was racing and it was fearful nights drinking myself to sleep. I'd get a six pack, 12 pack. I, we had a TV this big, not cable. Hmm. No cable, so I had three or four stations. I'd work all day, not even close to money. Like money was running, every day I tried, money seemed further away. But I just was stupid enough to keep trying, I guess. And then at night, like, I'd just drink myself till I'd fall asleep. I'd wake up with a little hangover. 
my wife would say, you can do this. Mm. And she was huge for me. And she believed in me, and I don't know why, but she did. And eventually, it just popped. It just popped. So, and I think for me, how I've been able to be a part of thousands of these type of stories now is because somebody says it's hard. They're just talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, somebody says, like, oh, I don't know. I got to take out a credit card for this. I'm just like, you're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> I mortgaged everything I had. Because you're willing to do whatever it took. Yeah, I just, so that's, that's a lot of stuff. No, that's, so there's something powerful. There's a, several powerful things there. Um, the commitment that you are willing to make to your business, I think, is above and beyond what the average person does. The average person wants to see instant gratification mm-hmm. with very little commitment or what feels like a lot of commitment to them. Well, well, you know, I don't want to belittle anybody's right, right. commitment, but you said, hey, listen, I'm willing to put in a massive commitment and it didn't happen your first year. It, didn't, it, you know, it took Ugh. a while to happen, but when it finally did click, I love the idea of how it clicked. What happened was you were already going through all the motions, mm-hmm. but it was like you were working hard instead of working smart. Right. And then when you really started leveraging video marketing, oh, it built up a, like a, a brand around you, a reputation, almost like a celebrity, mm-hmm. where now you're able to work smart. You're able to do the same exact motion, which is lead comes in, you call back the lead and you pitch yeah. whatever it is. But now you call back the lead and now suddenly the dynamic has changed where you're now almost like a celebrity. You have posture and everything. Welcome to the world of attraction marketing. And I, so I love great. how that happened. I love how it kind of accidentally happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so from this attraction marketing, you obviously got a taste of it and said, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I know you went on to continue to do tons and tons and tons of videos. So in this journey now, from the time where you cracked the code and you figured out there's a smarter way to do business more effectively that can create wealth, tell me a little bit about some of the failures that you had along the way because I think people really can learn from failures. I want to hear, like, do you have any juicy, fun uh, stories of failure? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got <laughs> as much kidding. time as you want to take. You know, We're rooftop an antho- chilling here. It's in an anthology. I mean, it's an anthology. <laughs> well, p- maybe pick yeah, a couple well, of fun failures to share with us. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I have them when you're, when you're just starting out. I didn't fail much because I, I wanted it so bad that I didn't even have time to interpret or catch if I failed because mm-hmm. I just picked myself up and kept going. So I probably had a lot of failures that I just didn't have time to care about. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's an interesting I think, perspective, though. And I think that's you part of push through failures. That's part of the thing because if you bind up your identity in a result, you start attaching. Oh, I'm the guy that loses the sale. I'm the guy that has a client say that they're going to buy and then they run away. You can overdo personal responsibility. You know, we attract everything. Like I think you can overplay. Like we attract everything. I just did not define myself by anything but work. That's all I define myself by. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Because I believe the hand of the diligent would make rich. And I just believe that one 100%. <laughs> and I just kept going. But the, the manifold mistakes. Um, I think one of my biggest mistakes early on was working so hard without going, is there a better, smarter way? Is there a more elegant way? Because it's kind of like I was just with the millionaire. that They do about 20 grand a week. And uh, good friends of mine, just last week, and I asked. He was at my dinner table with my son, and I just said, "Can you give a little insight?" And then I said, "Isaac, I want you to ask three questions about after you hear his story." It's something I do for my kids to get them around awesome people. And uh, the the multimillionaire said, "You could take a nail, Isaac, and on this table, if the vision is to drive the nail into the table, you can use your head. You can take your hand and try to force it into the table." 
or you can grab a hammer and it's actually kind of fun and he's and what I was doing was I was trying to close sales by buying cold leads that made no sense and I was trying to make sales like a nail with human effort hmm. and I was working so hard I got obsessed in my work and just not thinking but I don't even consider that a failure because I'd take someone that's obsessed on just the work I'll take 10 of them to somebody who thinks philosophically for days on end but just scared to take an action so I didn't have I didn't have fear I should have had fear because it was really stupid everything I was doing mortgaging my future I had no plan to pay this money back and I had no degree and I had no real skill set so if this didn't work I was in a lot of trouble I would have been at my parents with my family why didn't you have fear too busy working so, so <laughs> see what happens here's what happens when we think the only thing that can fill that is fear when we get in our head when we get wondering about the future you know we weren't I don't think we were designed to cast a whole, too far into the future I mean I, I have a hundred-year vision now on ironically but I'm obsessed in the work still so is this making any sense it, I mean it's, it is it's a little different but but anyway on the failure aspect there I just didn't I didn't read anything early on and I didn't look for people that had what I ha- wanted and and at the time the internet marketing industry didn't even exist that was early. so there was no one to look I couldn't I, if I would have found you at you know maybe it would have been different because I could have said oh my gosh that's what you do you make a ton of videos you drive you place ads everywhere yeah. and I would have spent eight months doing that versus buying cold leads calling I mean there was no one to look to now there's people to look to but I would have there had to be someone I just didn't know I wasn't smart enough to look for someone yeah it might have existed but you yeah. were so busy working through it yeah. that you just knew what was right in front of you which was calling these leads yeah. I, I have a quote that I <clears throat> said on stage recently which was action cures fear a lot of people are afraid but you can actually just take so much action and that yeah. action will create a result that actually first of all solves the fear in, in the first place mm-hmm. but then also you're so busy in that action you don't like you said you don't even recognize right. the fear sometimes right and I think mistakes wise just like philosophically I thought I thought kind of small my first mentor made about eight grand a month he was the first six-figure earner I'd known and he made about eight grand a month and I told him I said I want to make I so I started working and with him and I started to get into like 5,000 a month and I said I want to make like a half a million bucks a year and he goes I've been around for a decade nobody makes a half a million huh. that's what my mentor told me and I thank him for his role but and he's still my friend but I never I didn't believe him hmm. and then I found another mentor who was a multimillionaire in California I paid two grand for four 45 minute sessions with him and then I started making about twenty, thirty thousand a month. And I said, you know, I don't want to. I want it to be more automated. I don't want to be on my phone as much as I'm on. And he goes, I've been doing this for twenty years. That's not possible. Wow. And then Four Hour Workweek just came out. Tim Ferriss's book. And I was like, yeah, but I think it is. Like I'm reading this and you know, automate things. And then I just. Hmm. And then what? My, what really caused my surge was I believed. I just believed ignorantly that I could shoot forward. And uh, and I had people in my life, the best people in my life, saying, hey, it doesn't work like that. And so it was weird. I, I, and I, and the, I don't know. 
That's that's crazy. I don't know if there's any value in this? Story. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you had men, You had you went and sought mentors that were effective in the place that they the were time. for the time being. But those are also mentors that kind of put a, a limiting belief. They tried to instill limiting belief in you. I, I do think there's something powerful. And I when I'm listening to this, here's what I'm hearing: is that even when role models and mentors instilled this limiting belief, it really it caused you to have to you know, be able to see past that. It caused you, in order to get to the next level, you had to be able to see the next level, even when successful people were telling you, it's not there, and people you had to be helped, able to see past that it. That helped me, that had my interest and heart, that were sharing that so I didn't hurt myself. Like, they were, that's the weirdest part, because a lot of us, when we're early, it's our, it's our uncles, our moms and dads, our spouses, people who love us the most going, this internet thing, Yeah, it's time to just, come on, come on back to reality. Get yourself a job. Get yourself a 401k. Play ball like the rest of us. They're not doing that to bring us down. They're doing that to protect us. Hmm. And so to be in every level, so to hear that and still say, no, I I think there's more, hmm. is, I don't know, it's a weird thing. And, and why do you think it is? So I, I think so many people can relate to that, that people in our lives will oftentimes kind of, we call them haters or whatever. They'll kind of hate on us, but really they're doing it out of love. They don't want to see us try and then fail. And they want to be able to see, I told you so. I told you that wouldn't work. So why is it that people are so inclined to come and tell us that something's not possible? Is it, they truly love us so much that they don't want to, they, they're afraid of seeing our failure. They're afraid of seeing us like, oh, it didn't work out, that they don't even want to let us try it because so many people are like that. Well, remember when we brought the crew here and we talked about the start of this interview, the the young entrepreneur crowd that yeah, I have. Yeah. When I launched that idea, one of my very best friends and a multimillionaire, more accomplished than me at the time, said, Mark, there have been guys who are published, famous authors, tried doing what you're doing, it doesn't work. And it was love. It just, this thing doesn't work. What you're doing here is not going to work. And I was like, yeah, but I, I, I think it might. <laughs> you know, so I've just, I've carried that what if it does work? And then I've backed that up with just a lot of work. And then, and then in the midst of that work, there's so many mistakes. But if you're busy, you just don't have time to dice. You dissect dead things. You know what I mean? You don't dissect growth. You just water growth. So I was just looking, where is their growth that I can just double down on? And I've just been scrambly like that the whole time. Okay, so these young entrepreneurs, like we discussed in the beginning of this uh, of this episode, you invited them over to your house. We had a great time, but like, and you coach and you mentor these people. Now, that's something powerful. A lot of people watching this right now are entrepreneurs. They might not all be young. There's right. just there's men, there's women, there's different ages, there's different people all over the world. A lot of them can probably relate to your story about they've invested money into courses, mm-hmm. they've invested money into software, they've invested money into their business. Maybe they've gone in debt. They've really been trying for. A month, six months, a year, two years, maybe five years. They haven't quite had that breakthrough, that one breakthrough that you got. If there's some words of wisdom that you can share with them as we wrap this episode up, what would you say to the people that are just wanting that breakthrough so bad but they haven't yet experienced it yet? Well, I I like to say there's like a, a flight track, you know, an airstrip. And if you give yourself 30 days, what if success was on 31? So what I, what I did, I can only say for myself, I didn't put any time limit on that runway. 
and I ran as hard as I could on that runway with the energy you got, whatever it is. Like, I get people have kids, they have jobs, they have obligations, you know, they have community obligations. Like, there's a lot going on. And what I did was I just, if you lengthen the track and say, I'm going to, this is going to take off and not put these imposed time frames. But once this $5,000 credit card runs out, if it hasn't worked yet, I'm out. Hmm. Quit now and save yourself the 5K. Because I've had people say, like, right when they've been buying, like some of the entrepreneurial course, they say, Mark, I sure hope you don't let me down. I say, I'm never going to pick you up. I'm not, t- I'm not carrying you for one second, so start walking right now. And then they say, this, this has to work in 90 days. I said, well, what if it doesn't? What if it takes, what if it's six months? You know, what if, it, what if, like, I could have quit at six months and I'd be working a job every day, either blocking or drinking away the pain of my regret hmm. of selling out for the easy path and just numbing myself to the, the whole deal or actively thinking about what I could have become. I don't want to think about what I could become. Yeah. I just want to attempt to become what I think I could become. And so what I would say for some entrepreneurs, like they're like, I don't know, like it's getting hard, I, I want to quit. I say, well, quit for 30 days, just quit. I say, don't, and do not watch another video, do not buy another course, do not go to the conference. And this is unorthodox, I get that. But I say, just walk away and see if you feel better. Huh. Or see if you get bothered beyond control. But I say, literally walk away and do not come back for two or three weeks, four weeks. Don't even, don't pick up a book. And just see if your inner self is compelled here. And if it is, and if you're drawn back, and if it's a homing mechanism, you know, get your ass in here. Wow. And quit playing this. I might be out. I might be in. Walk away. Because the fence is gross. It's painful to sit on the fence. It's also, there's a Bible phrase, like, you're lukewarm, you get puked out. You know, lukewarm. If you're just, like, on the fence, like, just, I just say quit or get on like one or the other but get to a decision and the decision isn't if it works in 90 days it's gonna work the decision is I am going to make it work or quit that's what I would say now that's a strong message I get that I've I've also create helped create a lot of people yeah. <laughs> that have made a lot of money but it, but that's what I advise that's what I advise the young guys it's what I advise my middle-aged people like, I don't know, you know, I've been at it for, I've, you know, I've spent $300 on Facebook ads. I've only gotten 10 leads. It's $30 a lead. It should be about a buck 50. And I said, hey, you've got, you've got knowledge right now that's the top 10% in the country on how to generate a Facebook lead. I said, you could go to your local people, your local dentist, chiropractors. They, you're like a mythical guru. <laughs> I said, don't, under, don't undersell how fast you've gone. Yeah. And then you can tell I'm on a hot button here. But it's like people will go to nursing school for three or four years to get a job that pays forty thousand. Three or four years here with your head down, if you're not making six figures by year four or five, like hmm. you're just not doing it right. Period. You're not doing it right. So people will spend forty, fifty, sixty k to get a job that they don't even want to barely get a life that they barely want. And I'm just saying, so it doesn't phase me when people throw down 40, 50, 60 grand. I'm like, welcome to college. Yeah. This is a college. This is an education. But the trick is you can start turning money 
in three or four weeks, how many doctor's schools in pre-med do they sit down and say, all right, how much money have you made? And they're in pre-med, they're going, I haven't made any Nothing. money. I'm learning. Well, you're 120,000 down, why don't you quit? <laughs> in this industry, what's the difference? You're in school, join, but you get to earn. We have people that make you know money their first two weeks trying. Yeah. Now, not, it, not always, but it happens. I've seen it happen hundreds of times. So you can tell I'm on a hot button. You touch my heart on this stuff, but I love it. I love the idea (laughs) of don't set um, self-imposed time limits. Don't say when this credit card runs out or when this, if I don't reach it by this day, then, then I'm done. Instead, just decide, like you said, you might need to take a step back and decide if this is your path or not. But if it's your path, stretch that path out, make sure to give yourself enough room to take off. You might be too short. It might take you a little bit longer to take off, but you will, if you believe in yourself, you will take off. You will have that breakthrough and it will happen. But so break loose those timeframes, give it everything you've got, take massive action and, and, and do whatever it takes and treat your education, treat your learning experience along the way as if you would, if you were to go to school or go to college or something like that. So I think it's powerful. I think we can end with that message right there. I think that was, uh, this is, I would like to say one, I would like to one more thing. One thing I was visiting with uh, a couple people last night said I was coming here for this interview and I said I think I think you are the best internet marketer alive wow I do I do I said you know what I think Chris Record is the not just the best internet marketer I think you're the best teacher of internet marketing alive hmm. I really do and I I want to say that on your show because it's that's what I believe wow and I, that does I've never said that about anybody so well I believe it, it. Sho- shocked me a little bit there yeah, but... that's true I just think you I I heard you most of the time when I hear people, I want to jump on the stage and say, no, 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 that's close. <laughs> when you speak, I just sit back. That's it. Wow. And so. Thank you. Honored to be here. Thanks. Honored to have you. 100%. Okay. Swallow me up in one motion, though. Seize my queen, I should evolve.